guys, it's Dina and Lydia, and you're listening to Retweet. Welcome back. It's been two, two months. It's been two months since I've talked to a mic, and I'm sad about it. So today, we're going to be talking about fat phobia. And I know a lot of you, you heard that, and if you're a nigga, maybe you clicked off already. Just listen. Just listen up. Just just listen to what we're saying. We're going to spit some realness with our girl Tion, and we're going to talk about what fat phobia is, how negative diet culture can kind of feed into it, and yeah, like dating and if weight can be a preference because that's something that we've been talking about. So I'm going to turn it over to Lydia, and she's going to introduce Tion. Yeah, so Tion is a good friend of ours. Um, I've known Tion for a long, long time, since so 14 and ugly. And uh, she's a fellow Habesha and she's a fellow podcaster. So make sure you guys uh, follow her podcast, her Instagram, and everything. All the links will be, I guess, like underneath this podcast. Um, but she's so smart and we're so happy to have her. So there's oh, Maya. Yeah. What a zoo, what a zoo. Oh, that was such a cute intro. We have to, we have to stand. Thank you. Thank you. I don't ha- like the intro queen. Like I can never do them. Maybe you should become a host, but on TV one day. That sounded less corny in my head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I take you it. You're hosting like I could. He- I could see you hosting like Entertainment Tonight or something. No, or maybe a talk show. Please, not Entertainment Tonight. Hollywood sucks. I think I've just watched Hollywood many, Insider. I watched too many Korean variety shows and I'm like, Lydia, I'd make a great host. Oh, yeah. For K pop. <laughs> I love celebrity culture. So it's like, yeah, it's I a flaw. But, anywho's, um, so we're going to first start with defining fat phobia for those that aren't familiar. I think it's, you, know, you could do that. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm the best when it comes to defining things, but I think fat phobia, the way that I describe it, and I think a great example of this is that I had to get into an argument with somebody because they were like, nobody's afraid of fat people. I really had to like hold myself back on Twitter and I don't think you understand. So fat phobia, in the same ways that, you know, anti-blackness is discrimination against black people, anti-black racism, homophobia is like discrimination against people who are like, you know, gay, queer. Fat phobia discriminates against fat people, obviously. And I think that's something people don't understand because it's just like, uh, how are you oppressed for being fat? Fat people are systematically oppressed, unfortunately. But many people don't notice it because it's so like deeply ingrained and like health culture, like uh, policy institutions, uh, when it comes to diet culture, fitness culture, like it's so deeply ingrained and it also just makes so much money that it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fat phobia. Yeah, and I think, like, I think the the word phobia is where, like, a lot of people get caught on it. It's the same thing with homophobia. Yeah. People will be like, I'm not scared of gay people. I'm like, that's not really, like, that's not what it means. So, yeah, I think that was a really, really good, like, definition. Yeah. It's about systematic oppression. It's about the systems at place in our society that makes it, makes life, navigating life more difficult for people that are fat. Mm-hmm. I, that, and also, on top of that just to pitch in people are actually you might not necessarily be afraid of fat people but people are deeply afraid of associating with fatness or becoming fat that is like a fear that most yeah, people have that's mm-hmm. what i was gonna say like i never thought that i was fat phobic and then when you reevaluate things that you're gonna give up just to make sure that you don't look fat 
mm-hmm. and there's clearly a phobia there. Mm-hmm. That's really true. Yeah, no, there were things that like I wouldn't wear. And it's like, if your biggest fear is to make sure like in this moment that you don't look fat, mm-hmm. that's just the thing about. And like, even if you think about when we were kids, like the biggest insult you could call someone is ugly or fat or gay. Yeah. So it's like, obviously that stems from something. And then in turn, when you grow up and even, even when you're younger, it's such a big fear to be fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much like desirability politics and people don't realize like the different ways that they like plays into it. But I also think it's because when people like want to deny that like fat phobia is like a form of oppression, it's also because people don't understand like the legitimate consequences to fatness because it's like unless you're fat and unless you're fat and living it every day, like you do not see what like happens to fat people. And in certain circumstances, in certain circumstances you see, but you close your eyes because you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in recent months, um, with artists like Lizzo, like, I think it's made fat phobia super, super apparent in a way that, like, you can't not see it anymore. And I mean, I know some people, I know some of you guys are still asleep, but the Lizzo, um, the Lizzo, like, debate is one that I always think really, really demonstrates fat phobia because people will try to make it into this thing where, like, you know, you guys remember when she wore, yes, <laughs> I have to say um, it, the Lakers, the Lakers game when she was wearing like that outfit where her butt was exposed or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like Twitter had a field day with Lizzo, like a field day. And a lot of the argument was that it's not about what she was wearing. It's just because it was a bad, like it was, it was the environment like there's kids around you shouldn't be showing your your ass but everyone knows if Rihanna did that you guys would be calling her a style icon and like she would be praised for that you know what I mean like when she had this the Swarovski crystals on her titties like everyone praises her for that that's an iconic moment yeah and like you're not showing that same energy to Lizzo yeah because it's a weird thing where I'm just like okay this is the thing I'm not gonna say that other women like obviously when like women expose themselves like there's a certain level of like comments that you're like always going to get patriarchy sucks misogyny sucks mm-hmm. but with Lizzo it was like most of the comments a lot of the comments were targeted to her weight mm-hmm. and then if like you were if you're somebody who thought you were too woke to like align yourself with that you have to find another way you have to talk about consent you have to talk about kids being there you have to talk about it being an ugly outfit pointing out you have to talk about something you yeah. have to say something like you couldn't have shut up and like went about your day because this was a fat person and the fact that you like people hate they hate to see it mm-hmm. like people just hate like fat people especially like fat black women for like existing so mm-hmm. like the comments like not I haven't heard a single comment related to the whole Lizzo thing that actually like had a leg to stand on in any way shape or form mm-hmm. yeah yeah the only the only argument that somewhat made sense was them being like well it's a kids event but it's it's not a kids event it's a basketball game like that there are kids there but it's like if you are gonna police your children to not see bodies you're gonna have to stop them from watching tv and you're gonna have to stop them from seeing any sort of mainstream media because there are bodies everywhere they're just not fat bodies exactly yeah exactly and then even with like bigger black women they're always sexualized as well so like that's what makes the look 
inherently sexual. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like, I don't know if you guys saw this comparison, but I saw this comparison on Twitter where people were like, well, it's not fat phobia. We just don't like Lizzo because <laughs> they made the comparison between like the way that people treat Jill Scott and the way people treat Lizzo. I don't know if you guys have seen this. No. I haven't. Okay, so so basically, I personally, like Jill Scott sings... Are you guys familiar with Jill Scott's music? Yes. No. Like, sorry. She's not at <laughs> Lydia. Your black card has been revoked. I know. I'm always um, on the phone. But like, her music is. I guess her music isn't is sexual, but like, I don't think she has an overtly sexual persona as Lizzo does. The reason I have, but it's not even like that. that. Her. It's not even that her persona is overtly sexual because like a lot of other people do the same thing, and it's. Like, that's not their label that they have to take on. Yeah. So I don't know. I think when people say Jill Scott isn't overtly sexual, like, I don't have, like, I'm not going to act like I have enough knowledge to, like, talk about, like, her music videos and discographies and everything. But I just have the image of that one performance where the mic was basically in her mouth. I know. When she was vibing. And I'm just like, I'm just like, so you're going to compare and mm, something does not compute. Why is it okay for people, like, a lot of, I see a lot of men thirsting after Jill Scott, but I don't see a lot of men, thir- like, thirsting after Lizzo on my TL, and I'm like, but, why is... But it's because Lizzo, because it's because Lizzo is a big fat. Like, there's a scale to fatness. Like, mm. we're not going to act like people who are, like, smaller fats and who also have, like, body shapes that are, like, curvy and, like, hourglass shape. Like, those kinds of, like, I'm a smaller fat. My yeah, like, if you have, like, if you have less shape. stomach, more yeah. ass... Or, like, there are certain things where it's, like, you walk the line. A lot of times there are situations where you can walk the line in between, like, thick, curvy and, like, fat. If you, like, as certain people say, just get your shit together and, like, dress appropriately. Like, you can, like, perform. You can perform in a way that doesn't make your, like, fatness as, like, obvious to people. Or, like, obvious in, like, quotation marks. But that's the thing. With Lizzo, it's just the thing where it's just, like, she's not, like, a size 14. She's not, like, a size 16. Like, she is, like, a bigger fat woman. And because of that, she is a lot more stigmatized. Mm-hmm. People always talk about fat acceptance and body positivity, but they only talk about it when you look like Ashley Graham or that yeah. Isco whatever yeah. Swedish girl, where you basically it's look like you have, where you look, where you look like you have abs cut into your fat, bro. I'm just like, whoo! I know, I know. Yeah, there are definitely, that's what people, I think a lot of people fail to consider is that there are, like, levels to this shit. Mm -hmm. And, like, certain fat is more acceptable. I don't even know why I put fat in quotation marks. Like, I'm learning! (laughs) Yeah, true. Well, that was a good point that Sion brought. Like, I feel like there's allegedly a difference, I think there's a difference, you guys can explain to me, between, like, anti-fat phobia and then also, like, the body positive movement. Because... I know with the body positive movement, it's kind of, I think it derived from like this idea that we don't want to be scared of what our bodies look like, but then it got caught kowalled by like skinny people being like, well, we should love our bones if these guys are loving their fat. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. This all I have to say about body positivity, because I'm not going to go off about this. I could go off about it for days. Body positivity is like, I think to all the fat women that still claim it and that like are a part of it and that claim it, I'm happy for them. I'm happy they can claim that. I will also disclose that like being positive about your body isn't something that's possible for for people and accessible because some of us, 
some people, some people, whether it's fatness or other desirability politics, sometimes like the way that your body looks, like literally leads to like you having a lesser quality of life and being treated badly or discriminated against. So obviously I can love myself all day long if I'm like losing out on jobs, losing access to certain services and like I'm not, and like the clothing that I want to access. There's so many different levels where just like, obviously I'm not fucking positive about myself if I'm facing all the social consequences that come with it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wrap that up. Body positivity has been co-opted by skinny people. Done. Yeah. It's been completely co-opted. It's it's complete. The whole movement's been co-opted by conventionally attractive, skinny, or non-fat people. So it Mm -hmm. really doesn't do much for, like, a lot of fat people anymore. It'll be, like, pretty skinny white girls being like, I have a roll, and I'll take a picture of it and post it and be like, body posy and it's like okay i like i i am all for everyone loving their body like i know it's hard for everyone but yeah it gives the vibe of like all lives matter <laughs> yeah but yes. it's like yeah we knew that but the thing with body positivity is like no one cannot claim body positivity like no one you know it's like a free for all so anybody can be like you know, claim that like, I'm oppressed. And like, this is my body positivity because Mm -hmm. you're positive about all bodies. Mm -hmm, But but this is the thing. I think you should be able to like, enjoy, like, if you want to like, enjoy and celebrate your body, that's like fine. But I think there's a very big difference between like somebody who's just like, I'm trying to feel better about my body and somebody uh, and people on on, a lot of these people that like push themselves to the forefront of their movements. And I'm like, if you don't talk, if you talk about body positivity, but you don't talk about, and this specifically body positivity in relation to size, I'm not talking about like disability and all those other kinds of things because that's a different aspect of body positivity mm-hmm. but when it comes on like the size scale if you're like body positivity and you're not talking about fatness like it's just a thing where like you have to bring that you have to bring that into the conversation like you have to bring that you have like that is the focus of it that was one of the main parts of it so it's a weird thing for you to have this whole conversation and dilly dally and go around the bush and never like address the topic of fatness mm-hmm. it is odd it's weird it's a little sus it's a lot sus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Of um, like the anti-fat phobia movement too is kind of like that reclamation of the word fat, which I think is like one of the most uncomfortable parts for a lot of people, both like the non-fats and then, or I guess mostly for the non-fats, I think. Yeah. And how is your journey like kind of reclaiming the words, Ian? I think for me, it was just a thing where I was just like, this is what I am. I don't know. The reclamation of the word fat wasn't ever like this big thing for me. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to talk specifically about the history because I'll be honest, there are specific details that I might not necessarily know, but I feel like fat is more used as like an insult than a slur. And it's also a word that's like a baseline, like a descriptor. So I'm just like, it's a weird thing that we've had, like, it's been stigmatized for, mu- for for many reasons, it's been stigmatized. But like, once you pull the stigma away from that, it's just a descriptor. A person is skinny, a person is fat, a big person is small, a person is big. Like, I think the fact that people are so afraid to use it, like, just contributes to the stigma about it. And personally, for me, it's just a thing where I'm like, I think when I was like a lot younger and I was in a different place with my like disordered eating and body dysmorphia, I think I was very... Like, I think there's, like, an aware, like, obviously, I was, like, aware that I was fat to a certain extent, but it's just a thing where it's just, like, because you're running so much away from certain things, you don't, like, take the time to sit in it, but I feel like at the place that I've been for a while in my life, I'm just, like, yeah, this is what I look like. To call me anything else just feels like a euphemism and just shows that you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, like, it doesn't say anything about me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, why, like, I, I shouldn't have to make you feel comfortable about my body. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Because for me, like, I am a, like a thicker woman. Um, and I've been on like the smaller side of thick and I've been on the larger side of thick, if that makes sense. And even for me personally, like I've always grappled with that identity and I was talking, I even mentioned it to Lydia. I was like, well, I don't know what I would call myself. And it's like, it, like, that is my, that is my label. Like if I want to say I'm thick, I'm thick. And if I want to claim the word fat, then I can claim that too. But I think it just made me realize that I have a lot of internalized fat phobia myself because I was so, like, I am very hesitant to use that word to describe myself. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Like, it's, it's a lot of unlearning, but, like, it's, it's, it's necessary and important. And I understand why people are scared to use the word, but you shouldn't be because I, I really like how you described it as, like, this is just a descriptor. Like, this is just, like, saying I'm a skinny bitch, saying I'm a fat bitch, like, maybe don't use bitch I don't know yeah. whatever whatever your um comfort level is but yeah but the thing is because the, the things with thick and curvy is that they're always I feel like a lot of times they're used as euphemisms or when you use thick and curvy it's because the that person's like fatness or uh, like fits what looks like good to you like I it's because like this person like has an hourglass shape their fat is distributed in the way that like pleases you like they dress to like they dress and quotation marks appropriately for their body. So like they perform femininity for the case of like fat women, they perform femininity in like a way that is like desirable to you. Mm. Or in the other cases where it's not a person who's fat at all, it's just skinny bitches with like breasts and like butt who are like, ah, thick, slim, thick. We love a curvy woman. I'm just like, ah. I know, okay, honestly, the whole like thick, like, some of y'all are not thick. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna screw. Honestly. Like, I'm sorry. Like, some of you, okay. Some of y'all are slim thick. Anyway, <sighs> you know what? Who am I to tell you what you are? You know what? Let me just. You don't have to. I will. There's no such thing as slim and slim thick, eh? You're slim or you're thick. <laughs> tell me how that's supposed to work. Am I awake and asleep? That doesn't make sense, okay? I'm so sorry you're slim thick you're just you're you're a thin person who has a butt and who has who has like larger breasts or maybe who has like a larger butt you are not a thick person okay i don't know how to tell you that the price of that for most of us you know your breast and your ass comes with taxes okay you don't pay the same taxes as us you're not gonna call yourself slim thick i'm so sorry not because there's hate on it it's just stupid it doesn't make sense make i don't know there are descriptors i'm like why are we adding so many it's just like somebody it's like a teacher giving somebody an a minus minus why didn't you just stop it at a minus why are we trying to push the descriptors yeah it is a little extra it's oh my god it's like people it's like people who go into this whole thing trying to explain how they're brown skin i'm not dark i'm not light i am choco caramel brown skin Oh my god, don't kill me. No, I, I actually, like, never really thought about the descriptor of slim thick like that, but, like, you're actually, you're 100% right. I feel like people don't, some people are uncomfortable with the label thick because of its proximity to fatness. So maybe that's why people are like, well, I'm slim thick, where it's, and you're actually just not, you're not, but it's, it is trendy to be thick, so I get, I get why people are trying to jump on the bandwagon, but we've been here. <laughs> Yeah, the suburbs. Been here my whole life. 
And then also another thing I wanted to bring up, because I know, um, Tim, you kind of brought up with like body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. because like there is like this movement of people reclaiming the word fat. I worry for the people who uh, like maybe have dysmorphia and like genuinely believe they're fat, reclaim the word, but it's not really theirs to reclaim. So like, what's the line between I'm fat and I can like claim that I'm fat and it's not offensive to other people, I guess. And then people like actually being fat and reclaiming it. Okay. This is the thing. And I know this is gonna, I know this is like, I, there's no way I know this is gonna sound insensitive. Like, unfortunately for a lot of people, this is gonna be touchy, but the hard truth is like, if you're not fat and you're claiming the word fat, like it's invalid, like you're not fat. Like thinking you're fat and actually being fat and dealing with the consequences of like walking through some, like dealing with the socioeconomic consequences of fatness is a very, very different thing than like thinking you're fat. Body dysmorphia definitely is a super, super hard thing to deal with. Like. But I think there's a a bit of a heavier burden when you're like have body dysmorphia and you're actually fat, than like body dysmorphia and body dysmorphia not being fat. And there was one, I remember reading an interview and I think it was through the We Are Your Voice magazine, not an interview, an article maybe posted there by a woman. I love that magazine. Yeah. there, I think there was an article where somebody talked about like their journey as like a fat person working on through eating disorders and it was just like the person had went to group therapy and they were basically like so how am I supposed to talk about my body dysmorphia and my eating disorder in a room with people of people in a room where people are afraid of becoming me and I actually am me like it's a very 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 different reality and that also blocks people from getting help I think for body dysmorphia the thing at the end of the day it's a journey you have to work through yourself like if you're if you have body dysmorphia and you think you're fat and you're like you want to reclaim the word but you're not fat you can't claim it but it's hard there's there's like definitely it's very touchy and it's really hard but like there's a journey you're gonna have to go through with yourself to like address that whether that's on by yourself whether that's through therapy whether that's through different things but like there is like a journey that you have to go through as all people with like body dysmorphia have to but it's just the thing where i'm like i empathize and i know it's hard but i do not but not to the point that i want i'll let people lay claim to things that do not apply to them and take space away from like actual Fat, actual fat spaces and like actual fat people in a way that harms them mm-hmm. I, like that was really well put and I think also with Lydia reclaiming the word fat like reclamation inherently you are reclaiming it because you feel positively about it because you love your body now or because you're trying to love your body whereas mm-hmm. like when you're struggling with an eating disorder or you're struggling with um, body dysmorphia you're seeing it as a negative you're calling yourself fat as a negative so i think like like it's not reclamation yeah if you don't you're you're not trying to feel positively about it you're trying to change it yeah if that makes sense yeah i'm just like worried about like the people who are like no like i think i actually am fat and i'm like no babes like you're dead ass like a size six But that's the thing. That's but it's like, like, who am I to say no? Because if I say no, then it sounds like I'm saying, no, you're not fat. You're beautiful. When I just met, when I just stopped at no. Like, like no, you're not fat. Yeah. But like, like, even if you were fat. fat, you're still beautiful. Yeah. Or like, you are beautiful and you are fat. 
I think there's also the inherent association that like all fat people hate the way they look. All mm -hmm. fat people have body dysmorphia. All fat people have like disordered eating. That is not true. There are a lot, there are a lot of fat people who are fine with themselves and love themselves. Y'all are the ones with the issue most of the time. In mm -hmm. my specific case, like I do have like a history of like disordered eating and like body dysmorphia. 10 years down the line, like 10 years of this journey, I'm like in a place where I think I'm doing better for myself, but I know that I do not have the space to like hold the body dysmorphia and like the disordered issues of like skinnier people. I get that usually when you have body dysmorphia or eating disorders, you do, you can behave in ways that like harm other people or project on other people, but it's a very, very different thing when like you're actually doing it to like people that are fatter than you and have to deal with these consequences. So personally, like I don't have the space to hold that kind of process or to like walk certain people through it because it's a thing where I'm just like, this is directly like actually harmful to me. Like you are causing like harm to me in different ways and in my life. So like, that's a process that personally I can't hold. I don't think all fat people necessarily feel like that, but it really is just like a dark skinned person having to hold the, pe the feelings of a light skinned person in relations to like their appearance and blackness. Like it doesn't necessarily make sense. And a lot of the times like, the more marginalized people are like walking other people through processes that like inherently end up hurting themselves. So there's a thing where I'm like, like we can empathize all day long and we can like talk about one helping people through their journeys and everything, but that doesn't change. And like intent doesn't matter. Like that doesn't change the fact that like there are ways in which this actually harms people. There are ways in which this actually like harms fat people. I think like, Yes. And I would like to talk about the systematic things that harm fat people. If you guys would, if you guys want to transition mm -hmm. into that, because I have been reading a lot in preparation for this episode, because I like, I don't know too much about fat phobia, but I was reading this article and they put it really well. And they said that weight and health are not perfect synonyms. And it was basically talking about how doctors discriminate against fat patients. So you can go off. Oh, just, yeah, facts. Because the thing is, I think people forget that, like, at the end of the day, the health is an industry. Diet culture is, like, an industry. Fitness is, like, an industry. Getting people to, like, obsess over like all of these things and think that like oh yeah i have to like be skinny to be healthy i have to like be super fit to be healthy i have to eat a specific way look a certain way to be healthy just puts money into like the drug industry's pocket it puts money into like food companies pockets in the same way where like the chart that we have like example the canadian food guide and everything like is inaccurate you don't necessarily need that much dairy that much like carb is necessarily there are like a lot of things that are off and a lot of things that it's because of the fact that like years and like decades ago like agreements were made and things were funded if you do the research there's like the stuff to back it up and everything there's actually no way to like look at a fat person and be able to tell their health there's literally like they're like in certain circumstances there could be correlations but you'd actually have to like test people like the only way you can actually tell someone's health is by like getting an x-ray doing blood tests doing different kind of tests like checking somebody's organs like by looking at somebody it's actually impossible to tell like their quality of life and their health and that's like a scan that like a lot of people have been taught oh my god when you think of those shows when i think of shows like the biggest loser and all these tv yeah. shows that like try to get people to lose weight for their health and i'm just like the amount of terrible things that like you've actually hurt people's but you've actually hurt people's health you've actually mm -hmm. traumatized people's bodies mm -hmm. and now they're back they've like either gained weight again which is like fine but the fact the, the way in which they lost and then regained weight has hurt their body and like the way like they work 
Mm-hmm. And like, I don't necessarily think that, well, I don't I'm not a scientist, but it's not your weight. It's because you were eating unhealthy food and you had an unhealthy lifestyle in terms of like, like not exercising, but you weren't getting enough exercise. Maybe you weren't eating enough nutritious foods, but it's not because your body is fat. Okay. Yeah. Fatness doesn't necessarily mean that people are unhealthy, but also mm. all the practices are like fake too. Like the human body is like programmed to not lose weight. Like the human body is probably, that's why like most of all, uh, diets don't work. Like what actually changes when people do diets isn't what the hell they're eating. It's the fact that people are paying more attention to like what they intake. So like in general, like obviously if you're somebody, if you're not in a food desert and you have like the, and it's accessible to you to like eat things that are like, I guess supposedly like non-processed and like cleaner, obviously that could be good. But it's a thing where it's just like, I think there's this inherent idea that like if you don't do exercise and if you don't and if you eat a certain way you're gonna end up fat and that's not the way things actually work Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who eat like tons of like terrible and I mean like I mean like I mean like U.S. lack of health regulation terrible food and that are like 110 pounds soaking wet for like the largest part of their life yeah Mm -hmm. that's what I was gonna say like I think back at like when I was in high school and all like the boys that were like in my high school how they would like play basketball, eat McDonald's, like, literally every single day. Like, wake up, have a monster. That's, like, actually a lot of men that I know. Like, they're, they'll be like, I haven't drank water in two years. I'm like... Yeah, and it's, like, maybe they're not fat. Like, a lot of them could be, like, extremely, extremely skinny. Like, yeah. skin and it's, like, no one would actually, like, question their health, particularly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think well, in general... No, go ahead. Ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think, like, the medical community and, and obviously, like, mainstream media has treated fat people and like blamed them kind of for being fat and saying that kind of demonizing fat people and fatness and thinking that that is directly correlated to health but I think it's a really good point that you brought up that people don't realize that the diet industry is like a multi-billion dollar industry and you don't think that the medical community has some like everything is connected like these things are correlated and I think a lot of people don't consider that so yeah I just wanted to touch on that yeah and I think it's also because a lot of people haven't had to like try to access like medical help as fat people like it's a very very different thing when like you've actively like had your health concerns dismissed and had people to tell you to lose weight like I've had that told to me like since I was like younger and like things that I'm just like I'm just like oh I'm just like 75 pounds ago as a child I had this issue so I don't think it's my weight, but mm-hmm. thank you for your concern. Mm-hmm. I, it's just this weird thing. We're most, in the same ways in which because of, because of the transatlantic slave trade and the assumptions and like theory that was created around, oh, black people like don't feel pain. Oh yeah, they can, the, nah, 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 as a ways to exploit them and to like do medical experimentation on them, to do like a bunch of things, nah, nah, nah. to this day, there are like doctors that like still believe that like black people are like more resistant to pain and everything. And like don't, or like think that they're just trying to get drugs. So like they don't actually take black people's like claims seriously. So they dismiss them. A lot of people are just like, ah, your fatness is the issue. And like, they dismiss like all your issues as a fat person. Like mm-hmm. it took me a long time to like actually get a doctor who like didn't really ever bring up my weight and actually just asked how like I was feeling and what I was actually doing. And that was such a shock to me when I was like, I think it was like, like my doctor right now, my general doctor, like end of high school, because I've spent my whole life having people tell me basically to work on like my diet and like exercise and do a lot of things and to have people like all all the people around me like encourage my disordered eating instead of seeing it like as an issue Mm -hmm. whereas it's like 
there is something iffy going on and you can't smell the links to like in different industries and capitalism then you're like not looking at this correctly mm-hmm. no that's 100 percent true and i think like even like existing at that intersection of being a black fat woman all of those forms of oppression are coming together i don't know like how do we not see weight and health as inherently linked when we're taught like on our entire lives like even with um bmi my bmi has said i'm overweight for my entire life like i Mm. have an ass like bmi doesn't take in ass bmi doesn't take in tits literally i saw a tweet and it was like how old were you when we fit told you you were obese i was like sis (laughs) bro no this is the thing bmi is like inaccurate and it's the same way where it's like i think people expect like technology like to be unbiased and i'm like no because humans are the ones like programming this humans are the ones programming technology and like also when a lot of these things are done there a lot of these systems are created based on like white cis hetero like skinny bodies thin bodies supposedly healthy bodies and everything so i'm just like obviously it's like that damn soap machine that can't scan black people's hands you know damn well they brought the wrong people into the testing facility you don't think that would be a mind everything else they've done is the same thing you've been scammed bamboozled and hoodwinked like, my BMI has been telling me to lose 40 pounds for my entire life. It's like, bro, like, no, no. Because when I go to the doctor, all my health checks out. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really make sense. Mm. And it, like, BMI tells skinny people if they're fat. Like, it just... Yeah, and this is the thing. It's just, like, also, let's not talk about... This is the thing. I think people are so concerned about, like, fat people's health and everything. I'm like, you know how many skinny people drop dead because they never took into account how shit was happening? Yo, you hear things... I don't even know what it is. This I don't know if it's a fitness instructor or somebody on a show who that's supposed to be somebody that was, like, super fit and man's died of a stroke, you know? Because he was skinny, nobody ever, like, perceived him as somebody who could be having, like, health issues. So it was, like, completely ignored. Also, people just go to the doctor. Because of people's relationship with the doctor, I understand for multiple reasons and multiple different, like, marginalized groups why you wouldn't want to go see the doctor. But I think people try to usually go when it's a worst-case scenario, things are really bad. So especially if you're somebody who's walking, you know, you're walking around, BMI says you're a skinny legend, you're having the time of your life. You're obviously not like, ah, let me get a health checkup. And boom, people die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. But like, even the classification of obese too, because like you hear all the time in America, right? There's an obesity epidemic in our country. One, I I don't know what the stat is. Let me look here. Uh, One third to three fourths of people classified as, as obese are metabolically healthy with no signs or issues of blood pressure, insulin resistance, or high cholesterol. We're going to get into this. This is facts. This is facts. So it's like we're taught to hate fat people and to fear being fat. For what? For what? Moolah. Calling somebody obese is a slur. Like obesity is not like an actual like health concern. Like it doesn't relate to anything else except this. Like obesity isn't like it's a classification I don't know. But how it's to, not like it's not like a. It's not like an actual concern. Disease, this is thing, not disease, but like it's not a condition. Talk, no, but that's the thing. It's talked about as a disease and everything. But I'm just like it's the same thing when you call people overweight. Over what? Like I'm trying to understand like the correlation over like your perceived like healthy weight over your perceived like what you're comfortable with. Like obesity. This is the thing. Supposedly, like once you hit like obesity and obesity as either measured by BMI or like 
depending on doctor because not all doctors align with this kind of shit and the thing is there are doctors out there that are not fat phobic they're hard to find but there are out there i think there are even listings that you can look up that are like specifically doctors that know how to work with fat people this is the thing really yeah this is like when you're looking this because of the way that this makes money and because of the funding because of the different ways where like sugar is involved in everything because of like all the money that like a lot of these big corps like the people who fucking run coca-cola and everything this is the amount of money that goes into everything this sounds like a conspiracy theory and i can't even like explain it thoroughly because of like how many years of like how many years of like funding of like political of like politicians and political parties like getting together with like different like food companies and everything like it's so deep and it's so like convenient and also linking up with the drug industry like it's a very convenient thing the whole like our country's having an obesity crisis like if you actually look into look into documentaries and like look into the research it very is like conspiracy levels kind of things like obesity obesity i don't know how else to say like the obesity epidemic is convenience for the united states mm-hmm. it's like a convenient concern you don't actually have to do anything but just tell people to eat better and tell people to lose weight and mm-hmm. you're like missing out on like the actual like health concerns of the population for one obesity by bmi a lot of us are technically obese by bmi if i go to like my doctor she's gonna be like um i think this is inaccurate it really depends on the doctor i don't Mm -hmm. i don't there's just first of all there aren't like necessarily the same standards and proper measures to like measure obesity for everyone like that doesn't make sense one two Mm -hmm. it's the inherent idea that like obesity leads to certain health concerns and having a certain weight leads to certain health concerns actually it's genetics most of the time it's genetics yeah certain things like depending on what you consume this doesn't inherently mean junk food this means like sugar levels and salt levels there's like sugar in like your regular food if somebody eats fruit all goddamn day long they're not going to do any better than some than somebody who like eats other forms of sugar necessarily depending on how your body processes it i just think it's a thing where like people just don't understand genetics breed please i'm begging people to read i'm once saying i'm not asking i'm demanding that you read the literature on like fat phobia and obesity mm-hmm. and everything the research is out there the studies are out there the documentaries are out there the fat activists are out there what do i look like being out here opening my heart and my mind for for free 99 to the general population i've explained as much as i can look it up google mm-hmm. so don't message her asking her no don't message me asking don't message me asking how why can't we accept our fatness during this pandemic please this year i'm not a vending machine you can't pop in your 25 non-existent monopoly cents to get my political opinions on things as a fat woman (laughs) hilarious okay that's Um, a good point i was gonna ask about the word obese too because but now that's because it's a slur i was gonna ask about like so there's reclaiming the word fat, but there's also like being called fat. So I know like from a thin person's perspective, it's like, even though like in a case where like you would reclaim the word fat, a part of me feels, and it's, it is fat phobia, but a part of me feels like bad if I were to say that about you, even though it's not bad. And like, it's hard to differentiate like, like, I don't know, it's like, it feels awkward. Like it feels like this awkward thing because you've been told your whole life not to tell, call someone that. And is it a white person's place to like even I mean, not even comment. Definitely not comment. No a thin comment. person? Like, is it a thin person's place? 
Yeah, like, I mean, like, can a thin person call you fat, basically, is what I'm asking. This is the thing. First of all, why, just like the tweet that says, I have no pronouns, don't refer to me ever. <laughs> why are you referring to me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get what, yeah, like, why would you need to? That's the thing, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, you have to, do you have to give body descriptors before you talk about people? Yeah. Like, I get it when we're talking about certain politics to a certain extent to like disclose like race and stuff like that because I'm just like it can mean a very different thing depending on who says certain things when it comes to body stuff to a certain extent but I'm just like I just think it's a bit weird if you're disclosing what demographic people are parts of when you're just like unless you're stalking a crush online this doesn't make sense to me that you're like naming the things but yeah. also I don't know like what if um say for example like I was trying to tell someone like, oh, like, um, I do a podcast with Lydia. You know Lydia, right? She's skinny, black girl. Like, you know, I feel like I understand I like what you're happens. saying. Like, when you're trying to describe someone, yeah. I also think, I don't know, it really is something you have to unwork out for yourself. I think personally, because of the place that I'm at, you're calling me curvy. I'm like, it don't make sense. I'm like, curvy isn't a real descriptor. Out of all of them, it's the weakest one. Curvy doesn't necessarily make sense. What do you mean a curved bitch? A circle is curvy. Like, let's make some points that actually make sense. I guess thickness can be something, but even at that, the thing I don't like about thickness is because there's a very much like a claim to who can be called thick. Like a lot of people don't consider like fat women thick. They consider specific looking kind of women who are like on the verge, but like well-shaped like thick. Whereas other people like only consider like a lot larger women to be thick. I think like that isn't necessarily a clear thing. I think when it comes to body stuff, you're never ever gonna get as much clarity when it comes to stuff. There's a lot of ambiguity depending on culture, depending on background, depending on the level of fat phobia you have in yourself and like conditioning. Personally, don't refer to me ever, but <laughs> if you're going to refer to me, I'm okay with people referring to me as fat. But this is the thing. I think it's everybody's journey because I know not everybody wants to be called fat. Not everybody mm -hmm. is reclaiming the word. I think that is like a conversation. I think if you're close enough to refer to somebody, you're close enough to have the conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Or worst case scenario, you could be that person who's awkward as fuck and be like, you know, she a little big. But, and that's your, like, and live your I life. know. It's like, say it with your chest, bro. Yeah. 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 Ugh, no, that's so true. And also, like, what I consider to be thin might be different from what Lydia considers to be thin. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So it's kind of difficult. Defining fatness is hard, but the way that yeah. I define it, the same way that I define blackness, if you, don't look, if you don't look it enough to face the social consequences of it, you're not it. And I think a good way to start that is, first of all, you're buying clothing from a different section because it, and, and it's more expensive usually. Mm. And this is weird. The reason that plus size example as a word doesn't make sense to me is that the average size of the American woman is a size 14. And that's where the plus size section starts in a lot of situations. So I'm like, plus what? <laughs> Yet again, I'm once again asking, plus what? Because most of us are plus. Are you not minus? Let's be real. <laughs> And that's why the body positivity movement always like confusing when they're talking about bodies because I was like, dude, you go to a store and it's a regular quote unquote store. Other people are ostracized and they have to go to a different store. Or, or thrift. thrift, yeah. Or have clothing made for them. Because the thing is, we also have to acknowledge as a smaller fat, I have the privilege of like when I buy plus size clothing or like extended collections, they usually have my size. Like I can go for my fourth pants that are like 14 to 16. I can go for like double XL to one X to whatever. There are a lot of like clothing lines that like stop at a size 20 and call themselves inclusive. There are a lot of people that are size 24, there are a lot of people that are size 28, there are people out there that are size 32. You may not like that, 
but too bad like it should exist i'm never gonna applaud somebody for expanding their rage because it should have been that in the first place especially when the majority of the population and i'm talking about the u.s mainly in this case but the, like the majority of the population is like larger just like they hire models that look different than most people to try to convince you that ah i can like achieve this aesthetic if i like buy this product just like the douchebag who ran chanel didn't want to collab with h&m because he refused that anybody in a size 8 10 plus ever touched the stuff that chanel makes it's just like you're trying to make it aspirational like one of the trends is like, ah, oh, we start at like European size 28. Like it's the aspiration of being part of the club and being able to wear this clothing. And that's why we also made like it more expensive. Mm-hmm. But you've actually done nothing. You should have just cut the fabric and shut up and done your job. At all the people who go to the thrift store and buy shit that isn't their size and makes it smaller, there's a special place in hell for y'all. Y'all got me effed up. I'm out here. You know, I go to the thrift store sometimes and I'm ready to bust tears because the, the uh, I find a pair of pants where they might not fit or I search, search, search. Your size double zero out here buying a size 12 to personalize it? I, I, I'm sorry, I get heated and I speak in French. You should have stayed home and ate your food. Well, that brings me to my next topic that I really want to talk about, and that's love and dating. We um, love talking about love on retweet. We love talking about love and dating. So, <laughs> it kind of, basically this idea of this chubby chasers, people who love thick women, I say that in quotations, is like really on the rise right now. Like people, I mean, a certain brand of person, I think like, categorize really if they like thick women or they like fat women it's like their thing they can't just like go in and out it's like you have to love fat women and like also it's a lot of the times like really skinny men like i don't know if you guys have noticed this but like even with like tory lanes how he was thirsting over lizzo all over instagram (laughs) and he's like yeah dude she was so basically he was calling for her to join his live club quarantine or whatever and she got on and he was like, Lizzo, like, I want you to twerk. I don't know if you saw this. Twitter was, like, on fire. Like, Twitter was roasting Lizzo. I, I ignore, I ignore everything. I've, like, mentally muted Tori Lane's existence. So I don't know anything that happens to him. Like, he's smart because he's really been able to capitalize on his, like, Instagram lives. But, yeah, he basically saying, like, yo, I love, I love big women, like, whatever. And, and hitting on her on the live. And... People were like bigging him up for that. Like, congratulations. Yeah, like, like thank why you did Tory Lane for acknowledging? Yeah, sorry. Right. No, it's like, why did he have to preface it that he loves big, big women? And yeah, no one's ever hit on me and been like, oh, I love small women. Ah, uh, <laughs> you're making me think of the Princess Nokia genius video. Ah, uh, I know. It's like they like my small body, but anyway, tall body. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but this is the thing. Yeah, it's like your fat phobia. It's people's fat phobia where they're like, ah, uh, nobody wants fat women. But I'm like, you know what? You're a real ass nigga for that. Let me dab you up for the respect. For the respect. I'm like, oh my God, you pretentious fuck. That's so annoying. In terms of dating while fat, do you think that weight can be a preference? Just like how we have this discussion about how race can be a preference and if you see someone if you see a man that he's a white guy and he all of his receipts are dating black women that to me raises a red flag and that's sus and Lydia said the same thing so should we consider weight in the same way that we consider that 
I think it's just this really sensitive area where I think it's easier to call out racism preference. And, and in certain situations, it is like a protective mechanism, like Black people like dating within their race due to like many reasons. I think with like, wait, it's a different thing because nobody, like like you said, like nobody questions if somebody's dated nothing but squinty women, but like if somebody's dated nothing but like fat women, like we like categorize it. I think from personal experience, men who are like supposedly like chubby chasers, like whenever dudes are like, in my case, like, a, I've had, like, somebody go after me, like, because they're, like, into thick women. But, like, it was very clear, like, you don't really care about me, like, as a human being. Like, you're not interested in me as a person. You're, like, interested in the way I look. I think the fact that there's so much emphasis on somebody's physicality and, like, desirability, like, there's something to say about that. Like, the fact that, like, people are obsessed with people's beauty or obsessed with, like, the race, racial features or, like, obsessed with, like, people's fatness and skinniness. Like, the set the intense like obsession with like people's appearance for dating in the first place I do find is like something weird personally yeah because it isn't like I think for me that isn't like one of the biggest factors I don't know if it's my place I will say chubby chasers most often it really can be on some whack shit if you only go after skinny people realistically you're fat phobic that's yeah. basically it yeah if you only go after bigger women obviously you're only being labeled like that because you're seen as somebody who's either doing charity work or is out of their mind i don't know i think it can be really in certain cases it can be hard to like spot fetishization when it comes to that but like it depends on the person i guess the minutes i think i don't know i just think to personally there are clear signs i'm like i think i'm really really good at spotting the signs when i know that somebody's like going after me for like specific things it's the same reason why like did you guys see that woman on twitter who got a bunch of hate because she was like a super fit girl and she's like before you dm me my body looks like this and yes and i was like you dumb bitch the reason fat women do this and i'm like in the circumstances of like somebody like me for example when i'm on tinder i always make sure to post like pictures that show my full body because i'm like depending on some of my pictures i might not look like a fat person to you or i might be like dressed in a way that like makes me more like you're thick curvy like bay or whatever i'm like i have to find a way to disclose to this person that i'm fat before this backfires into my face because mm-hmm. i've had that happen mm-hmm. where like you so you've had it happen where you like meet let's up just with a person say, type thing let's, let's just say I matched with somebody on Tinder and then they were in a sociology class I had and I and I'm just like I think you thought first of all I it was multiple levels I'm just like whether it's fatness or whether it's the fact that my face wasn't beaten I didn't have my wig on what are the other <laughs> anyways that kind of hurted me though yeah 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 I know it's hard but it's also like when I take like Instagram photos or something like I make sure that you know my tummy is a little tucked in so when you do see me in person you might like I might look different because hello this is not Instagram so like do you think it's it's your responsibility I don't want to say responsibility but like I don't know like should you should you be showing your I don't know like I don't think it's responsibility because the same same thing where like men are like take that girl to the pool on the yeah oh you're right you're right I'm like it's not my responsibility but first I like to save time I like things that are organized and I'm not patient okay I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna go on a whole date with you when this nigga looks like he's been mentally shell shocked by my size. I'm so sorry. Yo, I'm like, first of all, I'm too thick to escape out the window of the bathroom of the date place, so I can't even escape the scenario. Moi personnellement, I just don't like. I don't like having to deal with the bullshit. Like, I think the same way that I'd rather like before meeting somebody, this dating as a whole, before even getting involved with somebody in any way, shape, or form, I'm very clear 
like on my social media, how I am as a person, the way that I talk, whether it's on like pod stuff or personal stuff, like my politics and the framework that I work out of are very clear. What I look like as a person is very clear. Get that out of your system. If you vibe, DM me. If you don't, get the hell out. Because first of all, I can ride solo. But also, you're not the only one trying to chat me. So I'm good, fam. I'm good. Yes. 75% of men are musty. <laughs> I haven't I haven't checked my stats yet, but... <laughs> Refer to us never. Y'all are looking... Not good. Dusty... What do you guys think about people that are just so scared to gain five pounds during quarantine? What do we have to say about that? I think that's ridiculous because- Next caller! Next caller! Yeah, next caller! Next caller! People are dying. Like, people it's like are dying. Like, but also, I've heard a lot of people talk about this on various podcasts where they're like, yeah, like after quarantine, it's going to be so weird seeing my friends again because I'm sure we're all going to be like we're all gonna look really different and the person kind of prefaced like yeah like a lot of people are gonna have weight gain like a lot weight of people, loss yeah weight loss and it's like that's so insane that's kind of a concern like that's something that we think about we're like oh my god they're gonna look so different like they're also gonna have a lot of different like life outlooks because they've been alone by themselves like yeah. that's what's should like that's what you should be focusing on like your friend is gonna be a different person after this not a different weight Mm-hmm. Truly, um, I don't know how to say there are certain circumstances where I'm just like, I don't want to blame you for who you have in your life, but I'm kind of going to blame you for the friends that you have, if this is your scenario. Not yeah. if you're an actual fat person, but in certain circumstances, I'm just like, I don't understand how you could be close friends with people that you actually have to, you're actually, and you're actually concerned by how they look when they come out, or how you look when they come out. It's just a very weird thing that like physicality is one of the traits that you're concerned about. I've never in my life noticed when somebody in my somebody that I know has gained or lost weight. I don't give a fuck. Unless it's from the perspective of like I know like mental health wise you're struggling. So like maybe like you've lost like a lot of weight or like some stuff's happened. But that's like if you're comfortable enough to discuss it and like we'll talk about it like as a whole. Not as like a singularity. Because I think a lot of times people will like talk about concern for people's maybe like weight gain or weight loss. But you're just talking about the symptom. You're not talking about it in like the larger context context of like mental health issues. Which like detracts from actual issues. Like you're concerned because they're getting fat. Not because of their depression which is causing them to overeat. And I feel like that's really important too. Is to realize when you call, like when you tell someone, hey, like did you lose weight? you look really good. It's like not necessarily a compliment because not everyone loses weight for a positive reason. Like your body is your body. What you want to do with it is your prerogative, but not everyone is losing weight in a way that's healthy and not everyone is losing weight because they wanted to lose weight. So I think it's really important to, to think about using you lost weight as a compliment because it's not. And when I get told that, I'm like, okay, should I go weigh myself because I don't know? And then I'll weigh myself and I'm like, no, I gained five pounds. I didn't actually lose weight. So I don't know what you're talking about. But now I feel like I should lose weight because you told me that I look good. But it's created a whole like negative interaction on its own. Mm-hmm. And already the obsession of like weighing oneself. I think it's the thing where like everybody keeps talking about like mental health during quarantine, more mental health during pandemic. And I'm like, let's have a specific conversation about like eating disorders, non- whether it's like 
regular eating disorders, whether it's non-specific disordered eating and body dysmorphia, like being in the house all the time and like having to be around mirrors all the time if you're somebody with body dysmorphia. If you're somebody with like disordered eating, having to like always be around food. Like it's like, yeah, to exist, you have to be around food, but it's a very different thing when you're locked in the house and you're always like around your kitchen, you're always surrounded by stuff. Like this is gonna take, this is taking a toll on like a lot of people. Like personally, like it's been, it's been whack. It's very, it's been very suburban. Like it's very, it's been uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people will realize that they do have like some disordered eating patterns because you're literally just at home and you're realizing a lot of your habits and patterns that you have. You're not go, go, going. And I think from like me personally, I'm like, okay, I actually do think I stress eat because I've noticed that during quarantine. Whereas when I'm go, 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 and I'm doing school and work, it's like, no, this is my treat myself moment. I'm going to go get like whatever, which is okay too. And I, I, I still, I still do, but using food as a kind of a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to come out a lot. during. But I also think the other aspect is that a lot of people have free time. So everybody's putting themselves on diet, on diets. And I'm like the line between Chloe Tang, shut up to her, diet, yeah. the, the, what is it? The line between the line between dieting and disordered eating is so thin and a lot of circumstances it doesn't exist because being so the fact that you have to call something a cheat meal like you what are you cheating this isn't a test like you're a human being you're allowed to eat food it's conditioned so deeply into you that certain foods are like categorically and inherently like bad and evil and like you shouldn't touch them like whether it's carbs or sugars or like fats or whatever like you have an issue with that you're like actually afraid or you go into like a whole guilt trip where you make yourself feel terrible because of eating these kinds of things or just being super, super controlling about the feed. I'm like, it's one thing to count your macros, but it's like, we all know certain people and like, I've been around the block too, where it's like, you're looking at like all the labels on like all of your food. And it's like non-specific eating disorders. We're like obsessed about your calorie amounts. You're like, uh, you are obsessed. The thing, most people your macros. are obsessed. Yeah. And like, I think- have, like, you have my fitness pal and you get, and you have, and then to lose a certain amount of weight, you're like, okay, 1200 calories a day. But you get to a point where you start to get competitive. And then you're like, okay, so if I can slash the recommended calorie amount and only eat 600 calories a day and start sipping on as much water, so that I don't, I feel more full. I've won, but you've won. I've won. won. You've you, won a, what competition? You're, yeah. What is the competition? You've won. You've won what is the prize? In my, in, my, in my case, you've won uh, maybe a slower metabolism and a vitamin <laughs> deficiency that's giving you a rash. It's terrible. Exactly. Personally, like I know that health and fitness Twitter might come for me or like health and the health and fitness industry, but oh, I don't, I don't think it's healthy to track your macros. I think you can track your macros like for a couple days for a week, maybe do it for a week if you're really, really unfamiliar. Do it for a week. You get the hang of it. It's like, what are you eating that is so different? It's fat, it's it's protein, it's carbs. You get an idea of how to build your plate so that you're hitting those macros. There's no reason that you should be tracking that. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your relationship with food. And I think so much of diet culture, like you have to unlearn it. But it's just so debilitating to your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. Mm, I think most people have a bad relationship with food. It's a thing where it's like, you don't know how to like, I think that was the biggest like thing for me when I realized like I had been having disordered eating for so long. I just think I was just like, I don't know how to eat. 
I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to eat like a regular person. I either get into a place where I'm just like, I feel like I have a small amount of time before I have to be back on a diet again. So I'm just like eating everything that I want, even though I'm not actually hungry anymore. It is like, to a certain extent, certain foods that like I associate, certain foods that'll give me a certain like chemical release that like I actually enjoy. So like I stop listening to my body. Whether it's like binge eating or whether it's like other forms of disordered eating, like starving and then like I just don't listen to my body in either cases. And on the other hand, I'm just like, okay, I'm hungry. But if I wait until 6 p.m. and have one meal and go to sleep, we've saved calories or the amount of food that we had today and we've won. I'm just mm-hmm. like, when it's time to just eat like a normal human being after doing that for so long, in whatever like way that you've done it, you realize like, what the hell, like how do people eat? Like, yeah. what do I do? And like, it's not like the food pyramid or what like, health canada is promoting is the correct answer either and everybody's culture has like a different idea of like what healthy food is personally i think food i think food culture and like what you should eat in like the in in america and canada specifically is like more fucked than most of the world so like i don't like rely on the systems here in any way shape or form i think that like disordered eating and diet culture and the health and fitness industry could be an entire other episode yeah so if you guys would be interested in that let us know you know maybe we'll have to back on because this is spitting facts i feel like with classes and like obviously it's hard to talk about what's healthy food and what's not healthy food because sometimes like there was a time in my life where i thought like you know, canola oil was so good. And then like I got told, no, canola is not good. And then you have to do coconut oil. And then coconut oil is not good. So you have to do olive oil and there's all these switches. But like overall, usually like healthy food diets or like the health food section through your grocery store, the organic food section at your grocery store is like more expensive food. Whereas like the rest of the food would be more affordable. So the ways in which like the standard of fitness arguably is like obviously a higher class white body because a lot of times the people who are getting bigger due to like bad foods quote-unquote are people who are marginalized who can't afford those foods so fat phobia directly attacks people who are like people of color and people who are lower class sorry and then also just to add i feel like a lot of times like even with eating disorders they're correlated to this idea where it's like eating disorders are like middle class upper class rich girls who like want to puke and (laughs) just like want to be skinny and anybody can have an eating disorder of any kind but also like even if we're looking at lower class like marginalized women a lot of times if you're a person of color and you're poor and you're a woman those are a lot of like systems that are going against you so what's the one thing that can maybe grant you privilege or grant you space in certain areas is being skinny thin yeah so it's like now that i've been disproportionately affected by poor quality foods maybe gain weight now i'm gonna opt to like go the extreme route and have to have these insane eating disorders where i'm like anorexic or bulimic because i need to get this one identity that's gonna grant me privilege mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i think it's really interesting to, to frame it in that way and i think a lot of people don't want to have the discussion because they don't even want to acknowledge the fact that fat phobia exists the same way that you can acknowledge that pretty privilege exists you can acknowledge that being thin as a privilege and award do certain places in society. Um, but yeah, I think the idea that bulimia or anorexia or having disordered eating is a thin white woman's problem is really, really problematic. And I, and I like that you brought that up, Lydia. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, 
uh, as like marginalized women specifically, like there's a lack of control. Like you don't have any control over anything. So then you opt to have this one thing that you have control over, which is food. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that people don't think about, but it's a lot more common than you'd think. But I'm like, even without necessarily talking about the eating disorder pact, like I think just from personal experience of like being a black woman that's fat and interacting with a lot of skinny black women. I'm like, we all know like the running gag of like somebody, I'm just like, oh, being skinny isn't a personality trait. And there are a lot of situations where it's just like, you're already marginalized as black, you're already marginalized as like, as like a woman. And maybe, and you, I'm not gonna, obviously if you have other intersections, your situations are generally like a lot worse. But I think a lot of people can't see beyond their first two intersections, but they may wanna make sure that they don't align with certain things like fatness. So like you cling to like your skinniness or like how like small, petite and like cute or like pretty you are, like with a death grip. No yeah. matter what, like that means, and in certain circumstances, that like also means that doesn't just mean like that doesn't just mean that tra- means traumatizing yourself, but that also means that like you're traumatizing fat people in a lot of circumstances by like needing to be the only person that like looks that way in the room and like making sure there's only space for people like you. In terms of overcoming fat phobia, I think it's a marathon, not a sprint, but we <laughs> we can each kind of like put in our our, our two cents, I guess, but. Um, how do we think that we can o- overcome fat phobia, not only within ourselves, but with those within our communities, with our friends, with our family? How do we do it? Um, I feel like for me, one of the biggest things I'll do is I, one, will partake in conversation like with my other skinny friends about how we're going to lose weight. Like we won't have like this whole like party about how like, okay, like by the end of this month, we'll be like, I'll lose weight or they'll like constantly talking about their diets. I just feel like if you're going to have a diet change, like, that's fine. Like, that's a you thing. But, like, the fact that it keeps getting brought up is just, like, a little bit much. Mm -hmm. Same thing with me. I won't be, like, partaking in these conversations with people that I know that might be bigger than me to be, like, oh, my insecurity is that this is my weight. It's my own internalized fat phobia. Mm -hmm. And now pressing it upon other people. And then also, like, asking myself questions where if I'm, like, like, getting ready to, like, work out or, like, making a certain food, like asking myself, why am I doing this? And if I would be doing something else and the only reason I'm doing whatever I'm doing right now is to not be fat, then that says something about my actions. Um, I will go off next and then Ziona, I think you can go. Um, we'll end off, you know, best for last. <laughs> I think like a lot of people will get to the end of this episode and listen to it all and still be like, well, I'm still gonna, still gonna like eat 1200 calories a day. I just want you to really, really think about what you're doing to your body and how debilitating it can be to your mental health. Like if you are finding yourself avoiding certain activities because you feel like you're too fat to partake or avoiding certain clothing, like that is very debilitating to your mental health. So I think just like looking into it a little bit more is is really important. And I think for myself personally, I um, have gotten rid of my scale. Um, we love to see it yeah like there's no there's no need for me to weigh myself um I can see my body in the mirror and I don't I don't need a number following people with bodies that are are diverse and also following people with bodies that look like mine are really important I think a lot of the times I just follow girls on Instagram because I think they're pretty um but just looking at like what content I'm consuming to and and really thinking about how it makes me feel is really important. So looking at who you follow is one thing that I would say. And then finally, like buying from brands that carry my size and that are size inclusive. 
because as a consumer, I think your power is in your wallet and, you know, put your money where your morals are. If you can open your purse, open your purse, put a little more. Hmm. Okay. I think, I think I'm going to start with stuff that I feel like non-fat people should consider. And I think, I think you really just have to question yourself and like question your intentions. Like it's uncomfortable, but that's life. Like it's going to be uncomfortable. You have to question things. I think you should question who do you post on your social media? If you have friends that are like fat and friends that aren't fat, like who do you post? Who do you associate with publicly? Who do you take on like your double dates and who do you take to events? Who do you post on your Snapchat stories? Who are like the friends you include when you do these kinds of things? Usually you're going for the ones that you find are most desirable to make your post like look look good or like look well with you you don't necessarily you're not a lot of times a lot of times y'all are friends with fat people in silence that's all i have to say and nobody deserves that any uh to i yeah nobody deserves that you should not if, if somebody's going to be your friend in silence they're better off not being your friend one when you're posting appreciation pics or commenting are you like writing body goals since like thinspo and fitspo is one thing but body goals is like a toxic thing too like body goals is weird yeah. body goals is weird body goals is weird why is your goal another human being you're not built the same you don't have the same genes that's literally impossible even if you went to even if you went through as many surgeries as possible this is like those people who try to become somebody else i'm like like those people like that dude who tried like that american dude who tried to turn into jimin from bts you did all that surgery you still don't look like jimin eh that's yeah. it's facts you can't look like i've actually people. seen that photo i've you seen can't, that photo you can't look like other people it's so scary and, it, and it's the thing is like i also don't know about y'all but i think it's condescending when half like skinny people say something really about wanting my body or body goals to me personally because i'm just like first of all you'd break down into tears after a week in my life you'd have a mental breakdown and you'd be hospitalized if you had a week in my life so i don't really need your comment about this one and also when fat people in your life or your fat friends bring up discrimination of the, the discrimination against fat people or like the issues they face like do you automatically jump to bringing your experiences do you always say like talk about like how you've had like also body dysmorphia how you've also had have you all lives mattered people okay have you showed up to someone's funeral and said mm, my auntie died too eh? that's what you have you basically done that to people like it's obviously like people deserve support and care but first of all if somebody's like more burdened because of like the marginalization they face in a certain situation you should definitely check in if people want to hold that for you because they're not obliged to one they're not obliged to hold you through your process unfortunately for you there are therapists, there are other friends that you probably have who can like go through these processes with you and there's work that you can do your, on your own. You shouldn't put that onto your fat friends, especially when it's fat black women that you guys always treat like the mammy who's supposed to take care of all your issues and be, this isn't the help. It's 2020, I know it hasn't been that many years of freedom, but it's still not the help, eh? Uh, it's also, not the help, it's not the help. And personally, I don't like complimenting people on their bodies. I'm like, whether it's you're born with it or whether you had the money for surgery, I don't see the necessity in complimenting you on something you're either born with or bought. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It's a lazy ass compliment. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, to what point do you have to go to compliment somebody on their body? I'm like, so the person's hair wasn't put together? You don't like their outfit? You think they're boring? They're not interesting? Like, how many, like, is their body the only thing you can think of one? 
I just think body comp, like your, fo- your focus being, it's lazy, it's careless, mm-hmm. it's not that good of a compliment. Focus on other things that people, I hate it when people comp, like focus on like somebody's like face, woo, face like prettiness or like body. Compliment something else, you have the range, even if you don't have the vocabulary. It doesn't necessarily require vocabulary. There are different ways to compliment things that are in people's bodies and like focus around that. For people struggling with stuff, honestly, I'm not going to say anybody has to go through their process. Because depending on your level of trauma and the ways that like your body, you've traumatized yourself, your mind and your body. And especially for black people who, as I've discussed with one of my friends discussed with me once and I found it interesting. For a lot of black people, the site, the body is a site of trauma. So that already in yourself, tuning into your body and tuning into your mind and to a, a level which you can actually like see that like, oh, I actually do need help. I actually do need to go forward. Like those aren't easy things to do. So I'm not going to urge people. Sometimes, unfortunately, some people will leave the, will live the rest of their lives with disordered eating, the rest of their lives with body dysmorphia, the rest of their lives with certain things because it's just like you can't afford not to. And like, mm. parenthesis quickly, but like in certain circumstances, your association, your desirability politics in, the, in regards to like women, like your worth in society is like your beauty. Your worth is like the ways in which you relate to men. So some people cannot afford to love themselves and cannot afford to step into themselves and cannot afford, like afford to like change or like to work past certain trauma because it's like, this will actually, this will like affect, this will like kill me. Like this will be death whether that's physical death or like the social death or like mental death. Like there are a lot of consequences. So I'm not going to say that, but I will say that like, I do think the journey is worthwhile if it's accessible to you. And like, it's something that's worth taking because honestly, these are chains and we want liberation. These are chains and we want liberation. Amen. Honestly, that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, do you want to shout out your podcast or your Hello, socials? Oh, losers. Okay. <laughs> My main is The Real Habesha. The irony is I don't necessarily look Habesha when you see me. <laughs> And then my IG, my IG for the podcast, my up and coming podcast, once the microphone finally shifts, is pressed by Zion. Press, uh, pressed by Zion's the at for the Twitter and the IG. I am pressed pod. You can come hear me complain for free 99 regular amazing you're already your podcast natural you are your podcast natural you're gonna do great Ugh. um so yeah thank you for everyone watching for those of you that still follow us after our large large hiatus yeah this is the comeback this, this is the comeback. comeback this is the quarantine season i don't know what to we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm a name for this season yeah, the quarantine um, edition. The retweet. quarantine edition of Retweet. This is season 2.5. Um, so yeah, let us know what you guys want to hear. We obviously have ideas, but we love we love talking. We love thoughts? chatting. We love yeah. Thoughts. And like what yeah, we want to know what you guys want to hear. We're we we're doing a lot on our stories now. Um, if y'all saw the Lana stuff. We posted that today, but I mean obviously this is getting posted a different day. But oh, yeah, we'll we'll highlight it or we'll 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 do something. So yeah, make sure to follow us at Retweet Podcast. Um, we're gonna make a YouTube comeback, so wait on that. Maybe this maybe this will be on YouTube. I don't. Hey, maybe so. Know. Maybe. I, like I know some people like watching podcasts. I personally don't. So let me know. Let us know. Um, that's it. 
That's it. That's Thank you guys so much. That's all she wrote? Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, y'all.